Support for this podcast is provided by That Cast Creative. Brand your business and connect with your audience by creating a custom podcast. Learn more at thatcast.com. It was then that I had this aha moment of why don't I provide the air cover, if you will, the foundation for them and allow them to offer what they can to the world in, in a way that still affords and honors the freedom. I was really conscious from the beginning of not wanting to take away what I saw as the benefits of being independent. Hi, everyone. You're listening to the PDX Executive Podcast, a show about aspiring business leaders from Portland and beyond. Angela, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I'm really excited because you know, you're the founder of this agency and I don't want to mess up the name. So I want to have you say it. Hot Zama Marketing. And we're downtown uh, in your office. And there's a lot of things I want to talk about because, you know, the agency, marketing agency models change so much. Yes. And so I'm really interested in, uh, you know, what you guys do and just your thoughts on the industry. But would love for you to just start, give us a little bit about your background, you know, who you are and where, where you started and how you founded the agency. So I'm from Southern California. No, that can be a bad word in Portland, <laughs> but um, like so many others, I grew up in Huntington Beach, California, Surf City, USA. Yeah. Um, moved to the Valley later on with my husband, um, and then we moved to Portland in 2005. Um, and I remember um, that year it snowed a ton, um, <laughs> yeah. and I remember we'd moved here so fast that I didn't even realize it snowed in Portland. So you can imagine my awe when I looked what's outside and I was like, exactly what's happening. Um, but from there, it was, you know, easy. We adapted to the weather, I think, more quickly because we started harsh. Right. Um, everything else felt great. Um, and then it was a couple years after that that I really fell in love with marketing. So about 2007. Okay. Um, it wasn't the first iPhone, though that was the year it was unveiled that That's got me crazy. going. Um, yeah. But it was a different world back then. Mm-hmm. Um, I read a statistic that about 15% of... Americans were using social media in 2007. Wow. So just really different. Well, it sounds like a, it was a good time to get into the space. It was. Gross. So did you start just working at agencies here? or um... I didn't. I worked um, at Tripwire, a local okay. tech company yeah. in town yeah. back in their young days. Yeah. And I, I feel really fortunate to work with, um, at the time, they were a really innovative team, kind of pushing the envelope, using all of this new technology mm-hmm. Um to, to see what was possible. Yeah. And so it was there that I got a taste for what could be and I was hooked. Okay. And so what led you to founding your own company? My own agency. Yeah. Um, so took took many years through the tech world, actually. I took a non-traditional route. I'm not long-term agency. I like to tell people that. Um, I know a lot of people start agency and then go client side. I, mm-hmm. I, I did it backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, and I it was really because I had an insatiable appetite for efficiency and automation. So I would move through the tech companies really fast. I would get things set up. I would, you know, fix what I could, build what I could, and then I was ready to move on. Yeah. And um, it was the advice of one of my mentors really to to give agency a try and um i had this vision in my head that they were evil funny enough (laughs) that i was going to be worked to the bone and sweating tears at the end of each day and that's not at all what i found it to be Mm -hmm. it it really gave me it quenched that thirst Mm -hmm. for the variety and the pace um and the just the rapid evolution of what was possible yeah so when you founded it what year was this and you your agency started then 2016. 2016. So it's been a couple years. Um, how was that transition to you know, striking out on your own 
going from working for an agency to yeah. owning an agency. It was it was different and quite unexpected. Um, I you know I was at um, an agency as it was going under. Okay. And sort of gave me the time to think mm-hmm. about the agencies I'd worked at. What was awesome and working really well. What did I think could be done better and just be reflective. Right. And so I'm I'm grateful for that chance and that sort of lull, if you will, to, you know, the the time on my hands I didn't plan on to think about um, what an ideal agency might look like, because that was, you know, 2016, though not as different as 2007, was when agencies really started feeling the change of the economy, the gig economy, Mm -hmm. Ubers, Airbnb, all of that was sort of coming on the scene. And agencies started to get affected by consultants and contractors and people kind of going out on their own and breaking the traditional employment model um, and what that meant for agencies. Well, I love this. Let's d- dive deeper into this because uh, that's kind of my life. Uh, but so how did that play into the foundation of the people you're going to hire, the services you're going to offer? Cause I'm such a strong proponent of that changing how people work. Yeah. And so for you to kind of get ahead of that when you started your company is interesting. So yeah. Yeah. So myself and many of my colleagues found ourselves freelancing yeah. <laughs> by some by choice and some not because right. of the downturn of that agency. And um, I very quickly realized looking around that some of my friends and colleagues were excellent at what they did. They were deep experts in their trade, right? Copywriters, designers, Marketo consultants. They were, they were just some of the best. And yet they were failing as consultants. They would land a gig or a project and they'd be doing great and you'd talk to them and you'd have coffee. How are you doing? Oh, I'm top of the world. And (laughs) seven days later, the project ended and they're a starving student again. Um, And it was then that I realized, well, I have the ability to fill some of those gaps that the skills they just don't have, right? They didn't want to or couldn't sell. They didn't want to or couldn't run accounting and client management. Right. And, you know, being a tactical expert doesn't translate into being able to run your own business all the time. And no so other I, people want to. Like yeah, said, yeah, right? yeah. I mean, yeah. some of it's want. They yeah. could, but they don't want. And yeah. others, it's, it's ability. And so really, it was then that I had this aha moment of why don't I provide the air cover, if you will, the foundation for them and allow them to offer what they can to the world in, sure. in a way that still affords and honors the freedom. Yeah. I was really conscious from the beginning of not wanting to take away what I saw as the benefits of being independent, you know, mm-hmm. waking up at 5 a.m. if that's your shtick or 10 a.m., right? And when do you do your best work? Is it morning? Is it night? Mm-hmm. So. And how has that evolved a little bit since you started two years ago or have you been stayed true or I'm sure there's been kind of learning? <laughs> so much has changed. Yeah. yeah. Um, the honoring of it hasn't changed, right? We still operate, um, we're all remote, yeah. so everybody can work however they want, wherever they want, um, and there's still, freedom is one of our core values. We do have a core team that is not consultants now, um, just out of necessity to sure. support our clients and grow, yeah. um, you know, requires a little higher commitment level. Right. Yeah, cool. So, well, tell me a little about the, the types of things you Focus on your agency providing for clients. And I would love to learn a little more about what you guys do on that part of it. Sure. Um, Hatsama, you know, we, we help 
our clients grow at its simplest, right? So we're really the best partner for companies, tech companies a lot of times, that have reached a point where there are barriers and we help them break through to that growth. And we do that through operational alignment. We do that through demand generation, performance measurement, looking at what they've done well, what we can learn from those things, and then really enabling um, what you know their tech stack, if you will, um, and making sure that they're leveraging their investments. We spend a lot in 2018 on technology, mm-hmm. and so often we come across companies that have made these big investments, and they might be using 10 or 15% of the solutions. Yeah, I think that's a big challenge for folks. So this world of agencies is colliding a little bit with like your traditional creative agencies don't even know they still exist right if they're separate you have this consultants coming in how's that mash like affected the industry good good and bad i think that there's a yeah. lot i'd be interested to hear i think we try and and bridge the gap hatsama means empowerment i guess asked all the time what that means and why i named it that way but really us living that out means we're not afraid to partner with existing agency relationships we have clients that have long worked with certain Um, creative teams or writers that know their business and their product way better than we could hope to in any short period of time. And so being focused on the goal, being focused on really being effective means partnering with those people and not being afraid to. Yeah. That's interesting. It's because the landscape is changing so, so much. And I think uh, it's good too. And the other aspect of it, uh, you know, you hear a lot about bigger companies, uh, their in-house agency. Yes. Have you come across that? How do you work with folks? Or that's maybe just a buzzword for things that have been around already, right? So I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. We don't. We haven't come across it personally yeah. where our clients have in-house teams. Our sweet spot, you know, looking at growth companies tends to be more mid-market. Mm-hmm. We do have larger clients, um, but even they just have extended teams into the agency world. I think yeah. it's becoming less common. Mm-hmm. Um, it's expensive to have in-house staff, let alone your own in-house agency. And so unless, you know, like your technology, unless you're going to leverage it fully and use it fully, it can quickly become just a really expensive. Yeah, that's true. Well, let's, let's talk about Portland a little bit. Yeah. Uh, How's Portland as far as when you're going, I guess, you know, getting business outside of Portland, uh, how are folks receptive to Portland and what it means as far as, you know, having agency here? And then just we'll, we'll get into the growth of the city itself and the region. But yeah, what, how's, how how's Portland react to treated Portland? us? Yeah, yeah. Port- Portland's been great. Um, Portland is a beautiful city um, and a really thriving city, and it's so centrally located. Mm-hmm. We have clients up and down the West Coast, and um, though we can work mostly remote, there are definitely times where we need to go on site. And I love that, you know, north or south in two hours, I can be anywhere from Seattle to LA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and uh, again, our folks. Uh, they probably like coming up here too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we do. We've had a few clients that are like, "No, no, we'll come to you," because the port, you know, the Portland community is so unique. Right, um, and we're you know, our reputation is kind of it's it's getting better for us. What, what companies are here, and so yeah, I want to I want to ask you too is are there interesting? I know you work primarily with B two B kind of tech companies, but. There's a lot of those companies moving here, right? There are a ton of those companies moving here, yeah. So we have this core set of companies that I think started here, and there are our Portland babies mm-hmm. um, in the tech scene that have really laid the foundation. Yeah. But it seems like every week I'm hearing even large tech companies are opening Portland offices because they recognize the talent that talent. we have. Yeah, and that talent piece is every, 
everybody I talk to, no matter what industry, we're just exploding in that. And that's yeah. probably been great for you business-wise, but is it difficult for you to, for when getting people to work for you uh, because there's a lot of competition? Or how does that play out in, in kind of work? I haven't found it difficult. Yeah. If anything, it's really helped because we tap into that talent pool, same as everyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, because our architects, really, our 1099 consultants, they have the freedom. We don't have exclusive ownership over their talents yeah. and abilities, nor do we seek to right. own them, right? Yeah. They're not property to us. Yeah. We are grateful for their partnership mm-hmm. and um, love that, that they're located right here at home. Yeah, very cool. Well, let's talk about just, you know, Portland, living here we were chatting before we started recording we kind of look at the same neck of the woods yeah. in, in portland uh, on the west side uh, how's that been since you moved here up from southern california you know business wise as it's grown it's exciting but just you know living here with your family raising a family yeah. how's it all been? it's been great yeah. it, it was definitely culture shock when i moved here mm-hmm. um I will say coming from LA, I'm used to a a sense of autonomy and Portland is the biggest small town I've heard it referred to, right? Um, Everybody knows everybody. It was no shock that we live close to each other. I wouldn't be surprised (laughs) if you showed up and I knew you from next door. That's just so Portland. So it took quite a bit of getting used to that I would go to the grocery store and see five people um, that I knew that didn't happen in LA. Um, but I love it. And now we go back and I'm the weird person that's super chatty at the grocery (laughs) store with strangers. We all want to know what's going on. And so, well, getting back to just kind of before we wrap up, you know, the agency model, you're, you're maybe just pairing out to the future, your thoughts on this, like on demand work, uh, you know, force, how's that going to change in your thinking? Not maybe just for your companies, but bigger companies too. You're starting to see them embrace it a yeah. lot more. And so I don't know if you're seeing that too with your clients, but I'd love to get your thoughts on that. We see it with our clients. I hear it in my own networks. I think beyond agencies, client, you know, client side companies are starting to adopt and really embrace this notion that you don't need chairs in an office to collaborate. You don't need desks next to one another to be a team that mm-hmm through technology and sort of this modern environment, you can have a dispersed team and still have an amazing work culture. And so we see that infecting companies of all sizes, companies of all industries. Mm -hmm. Certainly agencies are are getting hit, you know, and and embracing it. But, you know, I have a friend who works for a company down in San Mateo. It's a large established tech company and they went for who was best for the job right. regardless of where they lived, which right. is awesome to see. Yeah, it is. And I think, you know, the economy is really good right now. So that probably plays in that part of it, but it's going to evolve. And, um, you know, it's, again, it's exciting for me because I've seen the shift and specifically people who don't want to take a full-time job. Yeah. Right. There's good and bad about that, but it's, it's interesting because they're like, well, I don't, I want to still work for you. I'm not going to like sign an employment contract, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. So there's uh, it's, it's dating cool. and employment, <laughs> right? So it's cool. So, well, Angela, thanks so much for being on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's great. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I'm Dan Bruden, and you've been listening to the PDX Executive Podcast. Original music was composed for this episode by Levi Downey. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. 